Those other podcasts keep telling the same old stories over and over. Nobody cares about the swerve, bro. We provide you with new content. Now this is fucking entertainment. TMA Studios. It's what you want. TMB Studios, you are now locked on to the Snowball Wrestling Network. Now, here is the host, the one, the only, Caleb Snowball. What's up, everyone? It's me, Caleb Snowball, here, back with another edition of the Snowball Wrestling Network. Yes, it's SWN. It's time to talk about some pro wrestling. And I gotta tell you all right off the bat here that uh, Chris Dickens uh, had a family emergency. Uh, so our thoughts and our prayers uh, with uh, Chris Dickens and his family. I won't go too much into detail about that. But he is not here for this particular episode. So tonight I have a very special guest. I have the survivor of pain, Mr. Bill Blanchard and the man who does the shootout. Bill, what's up, my man? What's going on, boss? Not, not much, man. I am, I, I, you know, I'm, as you say, I'm fired up right now. Man, I'm extremely fired up, man. I'm, hell, man, I'm on the Stovall Wrestling Network, you know, and dude, I got, <laughs> man, I got to talk about, I, I got some big stuff to freaking bring about, and yes, my friend, because you motivate me, and Christopher, motivates me i am bringing back the wrestling shootout it will be on tmb and still be here on jeff lot productions but well, i am bringing back the shootout man and i can't wait to talk about it dude but hell man i'm fired up man i'm ready to do this thing man yeah and my man. best wishes out there in his family he's in my prayers well all right man yeah exactly um well then all right let's not waste any more time let's talk about what's going on in the world of pro And some big, big news. I thought I was going to start it off with something different on this episode, but I literally had to add this in at the last minute. I had to add this in because it broke not only on Sports Illustrated, it not only broke all over the fucking internet, but it broke by WWE itself on their app. Yes, it is official. They're coming back to the to WWE. Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff are announced as the executive directors of Raw and SmackDown. And, and according to uh, everything uh, going around, well, actually, uh, it, was, it was said on the WWE app, I should say, that uh, Eric Bischoff will oversee SmackDown. He'll be the executive director of that. And then uh, Paul Heyman will do Monday Night Raw. Um, this is huge, is it not? Dude, it's extremely huge. And, and it's extremely huge for so many, many reasons. I mean, 30 years experience these, these guys has who practically grew up in the business. You know, with Paul, with Paul Heyman really got a good break in the NWA, early days of WCW before he started ECW. Eric Bischoff learned everything from Vern Gagne and the AWA before moving up to executive vice president of World Championship Wrestling. I mean, they've got a lot of experience to bring to the table. You know, considering everything that's going on with AEW right now, 
Because nah, I remember and, and, also on the news thing, Vince McMahon was stating that he did not want to take no more advice from the wrestlers themselves. So, you know, when in down, you got to go with experience. You got to go with what might have worked before in, in a different era. I mean, they got right. to bring so much to the table. So why not bring in Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman? You know, right, right. But, 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 what, but, you hey, know, you brought I, up. You hear what Jim Cornette and Vince Russo would say about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Um, I know, right? <laughs> uh, don't even get me started on bro. God damn it. Okay, never mind. Anyway, but, no, here's the thing, right? But does this just show, though, first of all, if anyone tells me now that WWE doesn't look at AEW as competition, I'm going to fucking punch them in the face for it. Because they have clearly shown that by that with this move that they are that desperate right now. Let's go back to the stomping grounds pay-per-view and the Monday Night Raw afterwards. There was a shot shown from the arena um, on, on pictures I'll put up on Facebook and social media and stuff like that. But there were shots of it where it showed that there were th- there was literally nobody there. Like the, the ticket sales were low and 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 all of this kind of stuff. And then AEW goes or, you know, puts their tickets online for Chicago. They sold out in 15 minutes. And not only did they sell out in 15 minutes, but they could have sold out again. They could have sold out Soldier Field there in Chicago because over 137,000 people tried to get tickets to all out. That are those are numbers that not even WrestleMania has ever heard. WrestleMania has never had a hundred and thousand uh, plus people, have they? The closest they did had a hundred, hundred, almost a hundred thousand, if not right at a hundred thousand. In my opinion, the numbers might have been exaggerated by Meltzer because he he kind of wanted it. That was the WrestleMania where it was uh, Roman Reigns took on Hunter for the WWE title. That, they're, they're in Texas. Oh, that, okay. So it they, was the Texas got Stadium. Man, I, yeah, I, you know I, what? And, and, and I'll, I'll always not remember what happens at that mania because I thought that mania was terrible. I thought yeah. it was awful. And, you know, this supposed, you know, big card that's supposed to be at WrestleMania and stuff like that, and that was supposed to be inside of the stadium that the Dallas Cowboys play at. I'm no Cowboys fan, but... They're one of the most popular teams ever, if not the, but, and, and you're going to give us a card that was mediocre like that. Now I understand that, you know, they had injuries and stuff that were going on at the time and we could get, you know, I could go over that on another episode of, of, of Stovall wrestling network, but you know, just, I, I don't know. This to me just shows how desperate WWE is right now. They know that everyone is not happy with the product. They know a lot of the wrestlers, more than likely a lot of them, are not happy with their position in the company. I mean, you know, let's take, for example, I, I, know, you've, I, I know you've seen the stories about the WWE 24-7, you know, championship. While I'll admit some of these segments have been very entertaining, especially with R-Truth and Drake Maverick, I, I, I think that those have been entertaining, and I'll give them their props. But my thing is, is you've got guys like Cedric Alexander and EC3 who are actually very good workers in the ring, and you've got guys like them 
running around and stumbling around like idiots trying to chase after this thing. And to me, I'm just sitting there. Like, if I was a wrestler, I would tell the creative, I'd be like, look, don't put me in the running for that title because I'm not going to go after it. Like, that, because, it, I don't know, it just makes them look stupid. Yeah, I, I got to admit, it, it, it is entertaining, but, like, the, the talent you described, it does make them look stupid. I mean, I, mean, I, I don't understand the thought process unless it's just trying to get the TV shows, make it funny and entertaining. Maybe people will tune it back in and watch it. But they tried this years ago, back in, uh, you know, 2000, 2001, when they made the hardcore title 24-7. You know, a lot of guys were doing it. I remember, uh, what's his face, Crash Riley hired the APA to protect him so he could sleep, you know. Some funny yeah. segments like that hilarious, you yeah. know. I mean, and, and how is mean, it today? Man, I don't know. But here's the thing. You know, that was when you had another a product on the screen. And everyone was just like, hey, if I don't like that, I can go over here and watch this. You know, well, now WWE has it again. I, I actually saw a meme today on Facebook. I saw a meme that said um, Bischoff and Heyman are back at WWE. And AEW's on TNT, or, or and wrestling is on uh, TNT again. What year is it? <laughs> like it had Robin <laughs> Williams from Jumanji saying, "Saying what year is it?" <laughs> like so, I, I mean, it, it's crazy to see where wrestling is. And and don't get me wrong, I, I I'm I'm somewhat excited for this move by WWE. I'm also not excited as a wrestling fan at the same time because, again, it's like, look, there needs to be other places for people to work. There needs to be other, you know, destinations for us to watch wrestling other than what's under the WWE logo. And we can't do that if you're always undermining or just buying up or just doing everything in your power to be the Walt Disney of professional wrestling, you know? And it's always what what Vince McMahon has tried to be. And I get that. I mean, it's no secret. Hell, the man tried to compete with the NFL. He's still going to try to. He's still going to try with the XFL. (laughs) Yeah, I know. He's relaunching something that failed. Like, that's another thing. Like, it, it, it almost shows you where why WWE makes a lot of the creative. Because, I mean, this past Monday, you had the Undertaker return, and I'm sitting there going, "So your, so your answer for low ticket sales and low ratings is to bring back someone who's been in the business for 30 years, not counting the uh, number of years he's been with you." You know, well, well, actually, I'm saying not counting the years that he wasn't with you. You know, when he was the skyscrapers uh, in uh, the uh, WCW. Well, let's look at it like this. Paul Heyman and uh, Eric Bischoff was not the only ones. Vince made a phone call and hired back. I also remember a couple months ago, Bruce Pritchard got his job back in WWE. Exactly. And what, what, what do, except for Paul Heyman, what do two of those guys have in common? They were both with Conrad Thompson. Now, yeah, you know, I say, well, yeah, well, yeah, they're, they're with Conrad Thompson. Conrad Thompson got his guys' names back out there. 
You know, I mean, hell, Conrad Thompson got me out of my shell in wrestling when I first started the shootout when I first heard Wu Nation with him and Ric Flair. Then was something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. Then all of a sudden, Tony Schiavone, what happened when? And then he brings in Eric right. Bischoff. And now he's got Jim Ross. But then, know, oh, yeah, yeah. And I've been listening. I've been, I've been listening to that podcast. I love that podcast. But here's the thing, right? Like, he, he also, a lot of people felt like WWE tried to go after him during, well, we know we tr- they tried to go after him during StarCast. Like, they pulled Angle and The Undertaker out of it. Undertaker out. Vince was really upset. And although, he, he, I remember them saying, Kurt Angle and Taker was saying, look, StarCast is not part of AEW, you know, but because since it was so close affiliated, yeah, Vince is really upset and yeah, Taker went through, and then Kurt Angle went through, and then Kurt Angle gets put under a new contract deal, you know? Yeah, and and, and, and here was the thing, Kurt Angle made a statement about, well, and, and here's no, the thing. StarCast wasn't, you know? Yeah, StarCast is not a part of AEW, it, it, it's not, Conrad Thompson has said that over and over again, he's like, it's just an idea that he had to make the weekend even better, but he hit, like, he doesn't work for Cody Rhodes. He makes his own damn schedule. You know, he booked that whole, like Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks, and Tony Khan had no help in StarCast. They didn't do that. They they focused on one event, which was Double or Nothing. And they've got another event coming up called Fighter Fest, which is, yeah. well, it's, it probably happened uh, yesterday as we're recording it. But that's not what I'm going to talk about. We're, I'm going to talk about that on next week's episode when I break it down and everything like that. I can't wait for it. It's going to be amazing. But here's what I want to talk about. They've got another event coming up uh, in July. And it is called um, Fight for the Fallen. And it is a charity event to help support victims of gun violence and everything like that. A great cause. Well, WWE decided to fire at AEW by making the Evolve show. That's right. The 10th anniversary of Evolve will be on the WWE Network, which is huge. That's monumental. That's awesome for Evolve. And not to mention the fact that a lot of our good friends, Anthony Henry, James Drake, Austin Theory, they wrestle for Evolve. In Especially Austin Theory, he's the champ. Or he was the champ last time I checked. I think he still is. But, um, you know, so that's a great thing. Here's the problem. It's on the exact same night as Fight for the Fallen. Wow. Yep, that's going to cause a bit of controversy between fans and apparently wrestlers. And... One in particular, Kenny Omega, decided to tweet, because, uh, uh, you know, everyone tweets nowadays, but um, he decided to tweet about WWE, and it said, if you align your pockets with blood money, um, why, or something about the charity event or something like that, and I was just like, wow. <laughs> so, he decided to fire at WWE. And, yeah, uh, that started a little bit of a war. So I would say right now, Mr. Survivor of Pain, that the war is on. 
The war is definitely on. You know, I mean, with all the respect to Kenny Omega and a lot of people out there, I'm going to play a little bit of devil's activate. And no, not that I'm agreeing with what WWE's doing. I'm not, I'm not agreeing with all what they're doing. But in Vince's eyes, you're coming after me. You're shooting after me. You're trying to hurt my business. You know, so Vince got to let them know, hey, man, you ain't going you ain't gonna knock me off my pedestal. I don't care who you are, who's supporting you, how much money you got. I mean, he did the same thing to Turner. I mean, he tried to make well, it sound like he was the victim. Ted Turner trying to run me out of business. But, like, I remember I remember specifically Alvin Cabot in 1990 had big pay-per-views, Sting versus Sick, the world fell. Well, on the same night in the same town, he's booking house shows with Ultimate Warrior taking on the Macho Man, you know, and maybe trying to divide the house. Trying to make the fans choose. I, I mean, that's just Vince letting, letting AEW know is that, you know, I'm warning you right now. Stop what you're doing. Or I will put you under like I put everybody else under. That's yeah, which, I'm not which, giving a crap about the competition because y'all trying to take my money, you know? Yeah, which is such I'm not saying I agree with him, though. I'm not saying I agree with him, though. But that's just Vince McMahon being Vince McMahon. But here's the, here's the irony in that, right? So... Here's right. here's here's Vince's problem. Vince just want like I said, he wants to be the Walt Disney of of professional wrestling. You know, he wants to be the end all be all. Which like, I mean, okay, whatever. But well, at the same time, time, he wants to he wants to control you know the wrestlers. He wants to control the scripts. He wants to control everything. You know, he doesn't want the you know want to let the wrestlers be the wrestlers you know he doesn't or he he wants to create the characters by himself you know like he wants to change your character at any time you come in like john moxley was you know dean ambrose tyler black seth rollins you know all that kind of stuff the irony in that right that that i find is one of his biggest stars was not wwe made AJ Styles. AJ, the phenomenal Styles. Yes, he is one of their biggest stars right now. And that is that that to me is not arguable because he is on their collector's cups. He's on their he he's on half of their commercials. He's on, you know, just everything. Like he's one of the highest selling merchandise for WWE. I remember he has been AJ Styles. I remember when AJ debuted in the Warrior Rumble, and I remember people saying, hey, you know, don't worry about it here. The fans don't recognize you. Just go do your thing. And people were warning just because he wrestled in TNA and there's other promotions around the world. Oh, you never wrestled in WWE before. People not going to remember who you are or even know who you are. When as soon as his music hits and AJ came to the ring, the crowd went erupted. And Styles yeah. had a big smile on his freaking face. I mean, yeah. They knew exactly who AJ Styles was. Again, that's just the WWE trying to insult the fans, thinking, well, people only watch our product, man. They don't give a crap about everything else. No, trust me. They knew exactly who AJ Styles was. Right. Many people may not respect TNA. They respected AJ Styles because they see what the kid could do in the ring. And he does yeah. it constantly, man. Man, yeah, Akers absolutely. Best matches in the world. I mean, how can you not knock what he did in TNA considering the matches he had with the likes of Kurt Angle, you know, Christopher Daniels, all those Samoa Joe. I mean, damn, dude. I mean, AJ is phenomenal. He's earned that name phenomenal. And I really yeah. love what they did. And they were smart when they did recognize AJ Styles and they put him right in there with John Cena. And AJ put Cena on his ass the first couple of times, you know. 
Oh, I mean, you know, AJ Styles and John Cena have one of the best ma- one of the best matches of AJ Styles' career. There's no doubt about that. Even AJ said it himself. And it was funny because they were the complete opposite. Everyone thought that there's no way in hell they're they're going to actually be able to do a good match, but they did. The chemistry was just off the charts. You know, it was it it was great. But the the thing for me about WWE, right? When you said that, well, you're coming after me. You're coming after my business. I'm sitting there going, you already have all of the business. So how is it people are coming after you? I mean, yeah, there can be people that will take shots at you, but they're little pink shots after, you know, they're like little paintball shots as compared to your shots, you know? Like, like Evolve being on the WWE Network the same night as AEW. Now, here's the thing, though. You don't have to. I mean, you have to choose which one you do at the same time. Actually, you don't have to because I could watch on the w, I could watch on the WWE Network on my phone and then pull up on my computer Bleacher Report Fight for the Fallen, you know, so you can watch them at the same time if you're that desperate, I guess. But you can also watch them on demand at the same time. So it's a little bit different than it was back then. So you know, I'm surprised we haven't mentioned this yet. And we're talking about Bischoff and, and uh, you know, Paul Heyman going to work for WWE. You know, AEW signs some pretty big names to help them out. We think about Jim Ross coming to the commentary booth for AEW. Well, obviously I love it because he's Jim fucking Ross, like Cody Rhodes said. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's the greatest of all time. My only thing is, and God, I hope that that he allows him to do this, is shut that fucking Excalibur guy up. <laughs> like, yes, I mean, yeah. I he don't get me wrong, Excalibur is a good announcer by himself, and and with like another person, like he's a good play by play, and um, if he has a color guy, that's great. The problem is, is I don't want to hear you over Jim Ross. Exactly. And I don't know. And, you know, but here's the thing. That's the first time that these guys have ever worked together. So you got to establish a chemistry. You got to establish a rhythm. You got to feel it out. You got to see what you need and everything like that. And then it'll work itself out. Because, again, it's Jim Ross. Like, you know, how, how will it not be good? The thing is, is, again, like, if you remember, you remember All In, right? You watched All In. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you remember the guy that I thought was the head announcer of that, or was going to be the head announcer, was uh, Ian Riccoboni of um, Ring of Honor. And Excalibur immediately took over like the first matchup and I'm sitting there going, was that planned or like, you know, I, I just, I don't know. Like, is that his gimmick that he takes over? <laughs> if he's at the probably his gimmick, boss. <laughs> Cause I mean, he wears a damn mask. So that must just be the mask or that just must be the whole gimmick. He just, he talks over the fucking announcer. <laughs> Right. <laughs> if you're if you're booked with him, he just talks over you. I want viral to book him with me at the commentary booth, and let's just have the two of us try to do that. It'll be the best commentating ever, and the fact that we'll just fight the whole night. 
<laughs> but I think I'm, but I love Jr. being there. Hey, you know, not only look at that, but look at Dean Malenko is back there as an agent now, who was an agent in WWE. Yes, he is. Um, Keith Mitchell yeah. is their uh, director. He, he was the director of WCW. He was the director of TNA for a while, I believe. Yes, he was. Um, yeah, you know, so, so you've got you've got wrestling minds and everything like that. But I think that I think the thing that just I love about AEW, to be honest with you, is Tony Khan. Because Tony Khan, you know, he is such a wrestling fan, but he is an incredible businessman. Obviously, he's the owner of the goddamn Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, so when you have that, but you have a wrestling fan in it, man, it, I mean, that's unlimited to me. That's where AEW is going to succeed. It's because they've got Tony Khan. You know, I just think about this earlier, but, you know, we talk about who's signing who, who's signing who. You know, Vince might be one of the reasons why Vince might have hired Paul Heyman and Eric Bishop. We don't really know for sure. What if AEW was trying to make him a same pitch and trying to get them, and Vince says, "Hey, I can't let them get these guys." You know, I, I wouldn't doubt it. Paul Heyman does have some good ideas, and Eric Bischoff was the one to kick Vince in the nuts and brought him down to his knees in uh, in 1996. So, I mean, I'm just saying it could be a possibility. And, you, you know, know, that's why you guys got to check out the shootout when it comes back to TMB Studios, uh, because that's why uh, that was a great point, um, because, yes, we, I, I don't know about Heyman. I mean, Heyman's already in the WWE with Lesnar, so I, I, I don't know about him, but Bischoff, I can definitely see. Uh, that they they probably did try to make a pitch to uh, Eric Bischoff. I'm sure they did, but I I, I want to know, you know, why you want to put yourself in that WWE schedule? <laughs> because, well, then again, Bischoff likes to work, so. Well, he does like to work. He's an entrepreneur, you know. And you gotta think, you know, him doing 83 weeks with Conrad Thompson, all these memories that he was doing this is coming back to him. And you gotta think he might still be hungry to do this thing, like you know. I mean, you know, I'm remembering how I did this and did this and that and everything. God, I wish I could do that again. And now this is giving an opportunity to see if he can create some more controversy that might create some cash for him. I mean, well, then here's the, well, then I think that's the question. Well, and then I think here's the big question. Can they work with Vince? Because here's the thing. Eric Bischoff now is not only going to have to answer to Vince, but he's also going to have to answer to Fox. So. Well, see, Eric Bischoff, Eric Bischoff had experience in that. Yeah, I think he had answer to a lot of executives when he was working for Ted Turner's WCW at the time. So, I mean, right. and Bischoff is a businessman. I, I think Bischoff could work with anybody. And he did work briefly with Vince McMahon in 2002 to 2005, late 2006 time frame. You know, so I, I think Eric can do it just fine. I mean, like I said, he's got experience. I know he has to answer to Fox, but he, if he can handle TBS and TNT, I think he'd be okay. And, and, and then, and, and you know, here's the thing. 
you 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 just like me uh were a big WCW fan. You were more of an NWA fan, but you you loved WCW like I did. What do you think about AEW being on TNT wrestling coming back to the Turner Network? I'm excited about it for a lot of reasons. The only thing I'm a little worried about, I'm just hoping that the execs, the so-called executives from Turner, just stay out of it. You know, because they weren't paying much attention what Bischoff was doing. When he first launched Nitro, when all of a sudden when, they, when he started making money, then all the execs wanted to get in and try to censor so much freaking stuff and tied to Bischoff's hands where he couldn't do a lot of things that Big started to really do in late right. 98, 99. You know, so I'm kind of hoping let these guys run their product the best they can. You know well, what I'm saying? And, well, and, and here's split, the thing. Here, and, and I was going to say, that's the big difference that people tend to miss when they want to say, oh, they're going back and they're making the same mistake that WCW did. Here's the difference. Tony Khan runs AEW. Turner has no say-so in what they do. Basically, what they're doing is they're saying, actually, if I remember correctly, they have a deal where it's like they're getting paid by Turner or something like that. I think. I, I can't remember exactly, but like, that's the thing. Turner has no, what Turner, you know, TNT has no say-so in what they do. You know, they might tell them, hey, you can't show boobies or something like that. You know, you can't do that, but, you know, you can push the envelope. You can push it. We want ratings. We want that, you know. I, and here's the thing. You mentioned about, you know, uh, Eric Bischoff, who might have been influenced by Conrad Thompson and those comments from Dave Meltzer and everything like that, uh, to go back and to give it another try. You know, I believe that Turner, or not necessarily Turner, but TNT, would would probably hear about all of these, uh, you know, documentaries and and stuff like that about wrestling, and they would hear about WCW and how it was on there and how they were the number one, you know, they were the number one channel in all of entertainment, not sports, not just, like, all of TV. Like, Nitro was killing everybody at one point. Same as WWE when it eventually got to that, uh, the Attitude Era. But I bet you they heard all of that and went, why are we not back in the wrestling business? Like, because they're just like, we made the most money then. We got the most viewers then. It's not these shows like Rizzoli and Isles or, or whatever the fuck they've got on and everything like that. Like, it was wrestling that drew eyeballs to their product and the Atlanta Braves. But then the AOL Time Warner merger happened, and they didn't. I was about to bring that up, but that merger happened. See, here's the thing: people don't seem to understand. WCW could have still been beating WWE in the ratings, but when that merger happened, regardless how much money they were making, AOL made no secret about it. They wanted nothing to do with pro wrestling. They didn't understand it. They didn't like it. They wanted nothing to do with it. They said, "Hey, got to go." So I, exactly. I think they don't understand that. Even if they were, you know. Making eight, you know, they say, of course, that, that Russell crap says that uh, they had lost $88 million in the hole of the year 2000. You know, they could have probably made $88 million in profit 
But it wouldn't have mattered to AOL. They wanted nothing to do with pro wrestling. Pro wrestling. So I'm kind of glad that many, many years later, you know, 18 something years later, that you know things have changed and they want wrestling back on TNT. So well, it's no longer AOL be and Time but the Warner. Biggest, yeah, exactly. It's no longer AOL and Time Warner because AOL pretty much is. I mean, I guess it still exists, but well, I think it still exists. But that was a bad deal from the start because. What a lot of people don't even realize, too, is you realize that not just WCW was affected, but so was the Braves, the Atlanta Thrashers, and um, a couple of other things. But, like, even the Braves. Like, remember the Braves had an all-star team at one point. And I'm not going to talk about sports, really, on this thing, but the Braves had an all-star team at at one time. And... When that AOL Time Warner merger happened, you know, you notice they stopped putting money into the team like that. They did. They stopped going out and getting those big. I imagine what happened to Ted Turner, how he found out about it. You know, he, he got put in an office. All right, this is the office is where you sit, and he was pretty much had no say so anything at all was going on. Ted yep. lost millions in the whole scenario. I mean, how that could have happened? I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't understand all the whole. The corporate politics of it all that, that happened to him too you know he, yeah. he, he lost out the whole that whole murder thing happened you know what i mean yeah it affected <laughs> everything but that's not gonna happen here in this instance because again aew is not owned by ted turner or turner network or tnt whatever the hell you know you want to call it like it's not owned right. by them this time it's owned by tony khan Tony Khan has final say so in everything. He's that's where you know that's the thing that they do say is smart about WWE is hey you can say if the old man is you know crazy you can say his ideas or whatnot but the buck stops at Vince McMahon when it comes to the WWE which is always a good thing. Same no, thing here with AEW is the buck stops there at Tony Khan. Same thing with MLW. The buck stops at Court Bauer. You know, like that's where it stops. So that's why it's a completely different scenario, in my opinion. But we'll have I'm to keep Chris an eye on it and everything thing. like that. Chris Diggins will say that same thing with TMB. The buck stops with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, this is true. Um, but anyways, uh, so let's talk about something, though, that uh, we kind of mentioned earlier as 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 Kenny Omega took a shot at WWE, you know, for booking on the same night that uh, um, Fight for the Fallen was. Well, having evolved the 10th anniversary show on at the same night that um, um, uh, Fight for the Fallen happened. But. Speaking of Twitter war, Seth Rollins and Will Ospreay kind of got into a little bit of a Twitter war. Seth Rollins actually started firing back at, well, not just him, but also a fan and such, saying that, uh, you know, I'm tired of everyone talking about this place that I put my heart and soul into. This is the best wrestling on the planet, period, and everything. And I'm like, yeah, I went, I'm sorry. It is not the best wrestling on the planet when you've got guys stumbling around like idiots chasing after a title. 
I'm sorry. That's just so going on is Jeff Rollins' mind right now. He's a universal champion. He's on top of the world. He's on cloud nine. So when you're on top of the world and making all the money, you're gonna think you're wrestling the best wrestling organization. You know, and and and, and that's a great point. And here's the thing: I am a huge Seth Rollins fan. I have been ever since he was Tyler Black on the Independence, and he really shined in Ring of Honor. So I'm not going to take anything away from the guy. But I was listening to JR. You talked about, or you mentioned his podcast. I was listening to it uh, today, and he said something uh, along the lines of, he's like, he's like, nowadays, you know, it's like, hey, man, just because you make um, a bunch of money working for WWE doesn't mean you're drawing money. And I went, well, that's a very good point. Because Seth Rollins is making a good bit of money. Let's, you know, he's he's making probably Whoops. a very very comfortable living, uh, if nothing else. But he probably is making more than that. But it's he really kind of like, that's kind of like I, I guarantee you the Rock and Stone Gold didn't have that problem. They were drawing money and making money. <laughs> oh God, no. oh, oh yeah, oh God, yeah. And and, and and that's my point because if you look at the Stomping Grounds pay per view. And you look at um, the Raw the night afterwards. There were images from each of those shows. And half of the arena is curtained off. And the seats were barely filled. Like, it was a very low attendance for WWE. And, you know. I hope I don't kicked in the balls saying this, but I imagine uh, Eric Bischoff gave him that suggestion when WCW was having that problem late in the late in the, late in the uh, late in the years of WCW when they weren't drawing number. They had to teach him how to curtain off a certain audience. So on camera, you can't really tell unless you're looking very very closely. You know, right? Well, I, right. I should say TNA. I really shouldn't say those. I heard TNA had that problem. You know, they, they would get bigger arenas and they could get, because you gotta, you gotta increase your profits, brother. You gotta buy bigger arenas and then you're buying an arena that's supposed to fit 20,000 people and you, and you problem, barely put 2,000 in it. Well, oh, there were a number yeah. of problems. There were a number of problems for TNA because the reason they weren't drawing was because they didn't have the mindset for professional wrestling. It's, well, it's I'm, talking about, I'm talking about when Hogan and Bischoff took in in 2010, 2011. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Dixie Carter, put bigger arenas, draw more fans in, because you got me know, brother, you know, and, and get get more fans in, but they weren't they just weren't drawing. I mean and you want to know something uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but you want to know something no, that 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 it is the irony in all this. All of those Monday Night War you know, documentaries that we saw, that that long, huge TV series that I did love, by the way. I, I loved it. But here's the here was the funny thing. I'm like, everything that they said about WCW is exactly what WWE is doing right now. The ratings are low. Hey, then let's turn to someone that was in the ring 30 years ago. You know, let's turn to all of these old names that actually don't draw as well as they used to because they're you know, people haven't seen him in years. <laughs> like, Goldberg so, Undertaker. Yeah, Goldberg and Taker. You know, um, Undertaker coming back after that. After getting dropped on his goddamn head, the man just, I mean, I'm afraid that he's going to die in the ring. 
I think he wants to die in the ring. I really do. <laughs> I think it'd be said by Ric Flair. A lot of people, I, I, for years, I thought, man, Flair, you need to go ahead and hang it up, man. But I keep thinking, you know what? That man probably wants to die in the ring. And the Undertaker, probably the same way, you know. I don't know. Yeah, well, I'm, I mean, like, like I'm just kind of, you know, being facetious and stuff like that. I learned that from Bobby the Brain Heenan. <laughs> um, <laughs> Bobby the Brain Heenan is amazing. But, you know, it, it just and, – and, and, again, that's why this news that Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman are coming back, you know, to help things out because, I, you know, they are desperate. I don't believe it's just because of AEW. It's because, like, they're trying to figure out, like, what are we doing wrong right now? You know, what, what what's going on? I don't know. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens and, and everything uh, like that. There's also, like – we talk about some things don't make sense, right? So I keep seeing uh, this storyline posted. Well, I guess attempted storyline or something like that. I, you know, I don't know exactly, but they keep saying that WWE is teasing a lesbian angle between Sonya Deville, who actually is gay. She is a lesbian. She, you know, she's um, the pride fighter actually, which I think is the perfect name for her to be quite honest. But mm-hmm. uh, her and Mandy Rose, because they're a tag team. Now, here's here's my problem with everyone saying that. I'm I'm sitting there going, okay, first of all, haven't we said that for years now with like several uh, uh, female wrestling storylines in WWE? Didn't they say that with AJ Lee and Paige? They said that with Becky and Sasha. They said that with Becky and or no not uh not Becky uh Bailey and Sasha. They said that with um someone else. One that was was Trish Stratus and uh, Mickey James and you know I could go on all day, but the point is is you know I've, I've heard that now for several years, and I just <sighs> could they be. I mean, I've, I've seen images that that might show to the contrary that, that, that they might. But here's my question to you, Bill, actually, as someone who has done creative before, how the fuck does that get either one of them over? And, you know, I'm not asking for, like, you know, a, a sex joke right there or something like that. I'm generally saying, like, how the fuck does that get one of them over like that? That, to me, is just... That's distasteful if you're going to do it, I, unless unless you're going to do it right, which I don't know how there is a right way. I don't know how there's a right way to it either, but I will I will say this, you know, it's been said many, many times. Now, to the true wrestling fan like me and you, yeah, we're going to find this whole distasteful. What does this got to do with wrestling? But at the same time, to another person watching the show is watching it for obviously different entertaining purposes, you know, you see it in everyday drama, and wrestling is drama. You see, I don't care what kind of drama show you're showing, you're right. teasing type of sex scene, you know. So, in this kind of particular thing, you know, sex sells. Well, we're supposedly yeah. supposed to be catering to kids, but we got to appease the, you know, several perverts. I know. Well, I mean, it's like it's like what's going on in the Arrow. I don't, I don't know if you're an Arrowverse fan or not. And the same thing was going on in the CW right now when you got Green Arrow show, Supergirl, The Flash. DC Legends of Tomorrow, and, and and they're talking about you know gay people, 
you know, lesbians, you know, and, and they're superheroes, which, which, you know, yeah. and, 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 and supposed to be attracted to kids and, you know, and kids are watching it. I guess right. you're trying to let everybody know that it's okay to be gay in any kind of way. It can be seen well, in wrestling. Well, and, 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 and here's the thing. And here's the thing, right? Like, I, I, I have nothing against gay people. That's, that's not what this is because my stepbrother's gay. I, I can say that because he says it in his comedy act and everything like that. Um, right. But, you know, so, no, I have no problem with that. I'm just saying it's like whenever WWE attempts to do that, it's for shock value and not because, like, it's like, hey, let's get a few moments like that and let's just do it for shock. But it will lead to nothing. It, it, it leads to nowhere. And unless you're going to, like, and, and here's my thing. Usually if they do something like that, it's to tease that they're also going to break up the pair or something like that and my thing is is why would you break these two up when you already do not have anybody to challenge for the women's championship or for the women's tag team belts because that's their problems they don't have enough women uh for women's tag belts you notice how long the Iconics have been champions, right? And how they haven't faced anybody. They've been facing local jobbers that they just bring in and throw together. But as far as established women's tag teams, they don't have any. Because, really, there are none. Not not a very good division right now, no. So, I, I remember I, years I, ago, WWE tried something like this and and it was getting a semi-shock value, but I don't know. It was more comedy than anything. You remember the whole angle between Tori Wilson and Don Marie and Tori's dad? Oh, it was, it was yeah, that was too. weird. <laughs> I mean, what about Billy and Chuck? And w, they, they, were, they tried that angle in 2002 with those guys as well. You know, and then um, they... And then they had them say, no, hey, wait a minute. This was uh, just because you told us to do it, Rico. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I don't know. But again, if it's <laughs> – oh, my God, that's too funny. Uh, the but, favorite part when the Godfather brought all the hoes out there to the ring. Come on, Billy and Chuck. I ain't going to turn my hoes down, are you? <laughs> Say if you are going to do a lesbian angle, then fucking do a les like actually have them in love. Like there doesn't need to be anything else other than that. You know, you can create drama and stuff like that if you want to. But for God's sakes, like the way that they do it is weird. It, it just is. But we'll keep our eye on it. Literally. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it's funny, funny how you mentioned about a love bag and a love story. I'm reminded of a Chris and Jay back in the Attitude Era, which was sitting there talking about Chris was saying, "Man, I wish Trish Stash and Lita would have a love story where where Trish, or Lita's trying to challenge Trish for the women's title, and Trish, I just can't do it, Lita, because I'm in love with you." And Lita's like, "What?" You know, and they had her figure a match, and think Trish makes a move on Lita, and Lisa the hell with it, just went for it to start making out in the ring. I said, "Chris, you got a twisted sexual fantasy, bro." Well, you know what? If you've ever heard him talk about Tessa Blanchard, never mind. Anyway, <laughs> um, so what? You know what? Speaking of which, because I mentioned Tessa Blanchard, 
guess who she's going to face coming up in Impact Wrestling? She's going to face Amy fucking Callahan. What? Wow. I, I, Are you I, serious? Yeah, it's gonna and it's gonna be on pay per view. It's gonna be its anniversary. <laughs> wow! <laughs> I'm not joking. Look it up. Man, I'm falling Tesla Blanchard, man. I mean, I'm glad to see someone taking a Blanchard name into pro wrestling, man. I mean, I follow her. Uh, no, first of all, first of all, she is amazing, and she, at the minute she can, should go to AEW, and I believe okay. that she will be because. When All In was done, I've said this on here before, but when All In was done, she was the first, she was one of the first names besides the Bullet Club. Like, she was one of the first outside names of the Bullet Club that they went and got to be a part right. of the show. So they right. got to hold her in high regards. So whenever she gets the chance, she does need to go there. But right now she is kicking ass in uh, Impact Wrestling, and I won't take anything away from her. But just Sammy Callahan, and I believe I it's I believe it's gonna be like a no disqualification match. So for for fuck's sake, what are <laughs> what is what is he gonna try to do to her, and what is she gonna try to do to his ass? Like uh, oh my god. I am going to watch that, and it'll probably be the match of the year. Now, forget that classic that Dustin Rhodes and Cody Rhodes had. It's going to be this matchup. <laughs> this will make people cry, literally. It'll make Jim Cornette cry, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it'll make Jim Cornette. I'm, I'm just saying, it'll make everybody cry. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But we're talking about Impact Wrestling. We're talking about that. One of the things that they, well, they did that move, and I don't understand that, but here's a move I really don't understand. They released Scarlett Bredore. And you know who Scarlett Bredore is, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, well, she has been released from her Impact Wrestling contract. And I'm sitting there going, she is one of your biggest draws in the women's division right now, and you just let her go. I so, I, to me, she's well, AEW bound. I don't know. You know. Do what? I said, who knows what was really happening behind the scenes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. You know uh, apparently. I- yeah, I want, I want your thoughts on this. You mentioned Impact Wrestling, and we're talking about AEW and everything. You know, right. it's almost like I know when the big merger happened between Global Force and Impact, and then you know, and all that good stuff and everything. You still got Ring of Honor out there, Major League Wrestling, and everything. I love I'm surprised Ring of Honor. other promotions. Oh yeah, I love I love Major League Wrestling. I'm surprised these other promotions are not like in a big uproar on social media about how well AEW is doing, and you know, compared to going against Vince. You think these smaller promotions? Might be worried that they're going to be an afterthought now. Now all the people are yes. talking, talking about is WWE and AEW. And right now yes. it's almost like who Impact who you know those yes, things you see strictly AEW and WWE. You know they've got to be freaking on panic mode right now. Yes, who's absolutely attention? they are. Absolutely they are because you know AEW has the big platform. They have. You know, they're selling out arenas already. 
they are on TNT, so they're on primetime television already, and they haven't even had a show yet. And, well, they've only had one show. They're going to have another show as well. But here's the thing. Ring of Honor has been around for 17 years. And first of all, I love Ring of Honor. That is one of my favorite promotions. That really is. I don't know. I just I find a, a great attachment to Ring of Honor, probably because, like, if you actually talk to me of what a pro wrestling show looks like, it's Ring of Honor. Whereas not like like take away a lot of the gimmicks and stuff like that. It's Ring of Honor because well, like uh, they're like recently, true I mean, here recently I want to congratulate Ring of Honor for partnering up with uh, NWA in the whole Crockett Cup uh, tournament they had, featuring former NWA Tag Team Champions, the Rock and Roller Express. I yeah. I, I it was on YouTube. I'm sitting here watching. I found a link to watch the whole event, man. But I was impressed with that, man. I mean, hey, hey, anyway, thumbs up the Ring of Honor for making that a good job, bringing back Purdue. Right. Right, and I and I I love that too. That was great. Um, but I just, you know, I wish that they would get more recognition. And and I was and I love the fact that they were able to go to Madison Square Garden and sell it out, and not only sell it out, but sell it out in under thirty minutes. You know, when now, uh, WrestleMania so, weekend. You was. know about that. About that situation with uh, the Master Square Garden, they were actually told, "Don't do that, man. You're not going to sell out. You'd be lucky to get a hundred people there." And I, I remember yeah. hearing Bruce Richard and Conrad talking about this, and and you know, I've heard it. It's been told that when they sold it out, no one sold it out in thirty minutes. And Vince was real heartbroken about it. Vince was really oh, yeah, upset. He was. Hey, my dad made Master Square Garden famous for pro wrestling, and then I go come on my trip and you sold it out. I heard he was really uh, upset about it. I mean, well, I mean, but here's the thing. So personally. Yeah, but here's my thing. Nobody like, OK, maybe there was that years ago where you just you didn't go into certain territories and you didn't play this certain place and everything like that. Or you didn't book this certain you know place and everything like that. But I mean, this is 2019. You are not entitled to anything in, you know, especially arena. Oh, uh, man, I was so glad you brought this up. And I can't wait to talk to you about this on the shootout one day, about the so-called territories and arenas. This is 2019, man. You said you said exactly what I've been feeling for a long time about all this territorial bullshit. Yeah, it doesn't matter. If you can sell out a place, then sell out a place. Wherever you can go to make money, go there to make money. But the fact of that Vince is so pissed at ROH and everything like that. Well, Vinnie Mac, you're not entitled to Madison Square Garden. Thanks for all of the memories that you gave there, but you yourself have not have said that you haven't been able to go there because it's cost too much for him to broadcast on live television. Not just live, I mean, pay-per-view as well, but, you know, live television and live pay-per-view. So, you know... You don't even you don't even do anything special for Madison Square Garden even anymore. So you know the fact that ROH and New Japan wanted to go in there that one time, but oh my God, now we got to go destroy them and shit like that. I just oh, that just irritates me. I'm sorry, it just does <laughs> because it, it it does nothing for the wrestling business. 
if you're if you know i understand competition competition is great we saw that in the monday night wars but if there is no competition then you don't have a market you know licenses and sponsors and advertisers won't get in that kind of thing you know it just that's what wwe has never seen i guess or i guess just vince just doesn't care about that no man i guess he don't i mean the man's always feared competition although i've read several articles where he thrives in a competition he thrives on you know put them all out you know a business or whatnot but i used to hate it how he would try to make himself seem like the freaking victim when someone shows up and challenges in him, oh, they're trying exactly. to put me out of business. Come on, dude. Exactly. And when that's just like oh, saying, gas is up across the street from Brooklyn. Okay, oh, they're trying to put us out of business. Come on, dude. It's a free country. If anybody, if anybody wants to open up a business to do it in your front yard, who's got the right to stop them? If you worry about your business, well, you know what? Pay attention to your business and make your business better. You know? Yeah, I mean. What the irony in all of this, talking? the irony in all of this, though, for me as a wrestling fan, and I don't know how you feel about this, but the irony in, in, in all of this is I love all of the fact that all of this wrestling news is breaking out right now that just that there's all this talk from not just the wrestling dirt sheets. Obviously, there's going to be all of that talk, but now like, you know, ESPN and Bleacher Report, and Sports Illustrated, you know, they're actually focusing on this. They're like, holy shit, there's something going on here, and we need to cover it, and everything like that. Whereas in the past, you know... He's, he's been all over it as well, man. I mean, let me tell you something. The ones who are going to be victorious in this area is people like me and you, the wrestling fans. We're finally been getting for what we've been craving since 2001 when WCW passed away, you know? And you know... Right. And I will say this, though, okay, I hated how Vince McMahon created the dose of talent he did get. But the fact is how he brought the, the whole WSW library available for all of us to watch, not just DVDs, but he created the network, giving us the chance to watch his classic matches we grew up with. So I'm also going to be grateful for Vince and the WWE network, just me as a wrestling fan. But now we're getting AEW, someone who's, like, 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 like you said, someone with a lot of money in his background trying to create a good platform. The wrestlers themselves are going to uh, you know, do good from this, and the fans themselves. Now we, we get an alternative product. Wow. You know what I mean? Hey, you get I – mean, do you remember back in the day, man, when, like, I would say maybe 97, 98, wrestling magazine had, like, these fantasy war frame matchups, like what would have happened if Goldberg would take on Steve Austin? What would happen if Sting would take on The Undertaker? Dude, we could finally do that again with a promotion like AEW. With WWE, when they, if AEW is successful, and I pray to God that they are, when they launch a TNT, they're going to blast Raw right out of the rating. All eyes in the rest of the world is going to be on them. Now, the part we, we don't want to happen, you don't want them to screw it up on their first damn show. And once you screw up and you know, a bunch of popcorn fart matches, and, and if you lose your audience right off the bat, good luck trying to get them back. I have said I, this I, 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 I have a feeling that that that'll that that'll be uh worked out the way beforehand like i have a feeling that that the shows are going to be awesome uh that it's going to be completely different and um but, but, I, like i'm very excited about it well i am i'm fired up about it man but don't, don't get worried about this okay it's very easily to get fans to come to your first show than it is to bring them back if they come the first time 
And if you suck, you've ruined it. You know, especially the opening match. If the opening match is just two fat dudes and, and, and under a mask, you're opening your opening liner. I mean, that's going to be their taste for the, for the, for the entire show, regardless of what yeah. match you have after. Yeah. And, 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 and AEW does something. Well, I'm not saying they're going to have that. I'm, I'm, I'm using that as another example. You know, right. but they, they'll have one good opportunity where all the eyes in the world is going to be on them at their first show in TNT. And I'm right. just praying that they knock that out. Well, yeah, but but then, I mean, my retort to that is I'm like, well, they've had one event so far uh, in, in, you know, double or nothing. And then and and then they have all out coming up and all out could have sold out twice. So I think, you know, right now, they're pretty good. They're doing good so far. They're doing good so far. When you, when you sign the likes of someone like Chris Jericho and you get the one guy who's really, really making a name for himself and wrestling, kind of like how AJ Styles did. I'm talking about Kenny Omega. That would be the one guy Vince McMahon did not, was not able to get. I've heard they were trying to get him. They wanted him to be a surprise addition in a rumble and yada, yada, yada. He said, hell no, I'm going to AEW. You know, and... <laughs> yeah, well, I'm- a lot of people said that, but I, I, I knew that wasn't happening. But here's here's the thing of what I'm hoping happens. I I am hoping that AEW gets successful, right? And on yeah. TNT. And I'm hoping that by that happening that it'll make other stations go, "Hey, wait a minute. We got to get in on this wrestling thing." Okay, so WWE is taken up by these two stations. AEW is taken up by this station. Hey, wait a minute. There's this Ring of Honor thing. Let's talk to them about coming on here. Hey, there's MLW over here. Let's talk to them. Hey, there's this promotion. Hey, let's start our own promotion. You know, like that's what I'm hoping happens. So you know, I didn't get to ask you about this. You mentioned MLW Radio. I'm just curious, man. I believe it was last year when Tony Schiavone did decide to stay. He kept his podcast going with Conrad. On what happened when, and right. he returns to prime time with MLW. Did you get a chance to watch that? Tony Schiavone back in the commentary booth watching wrestling today. I mean, wasn't that historic as well? I mean, my yes. props for MLW. You know. Yes, and he's coming back to uh, to the commentating booth. Yes, you, you mentioned that um, this summer, and yes, that is one of the reasons. I'll be honest that I watched MLW was because. It had today's style of wrestling, but Tony Schiavone calling it. Uh, it was great. I, I love Tony Schiavone. You know, too many people I thought shit on Tony Schiavone back in the WCW days, but I always loved Tony Schiavone. I always thought that he was he was good from calling it from a sports perspective. I don't know so much about the entertainment perspective of it, but he was he was good at being a sports guy, and that's why it worked so well with WCW, in my opinion. He, he, he was good at being a sports guy, but to me, I've always thought Shivani was very entertaining at the face commentary and even play by play. When you match him with Jesse Ventura up in that era of '92 and WCW and '93, I might add. Yes, man, that's for the roof. My opinion, you put Tony Schiavone and Bobby the Brain heating together, man, they were kicking ass too all the way to the end. I mean, I, I don't thought know they were great. 
I know, like a lot yeah. of people say that 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 they didn't have any chemistry. I I call bullshit on that. I'm like, I think yeah. that they did. Bullshit. I mean, you watch pay per views like Slamboree '94 and Spring Stampede. Man, those two be going at each other like left and right. <laughs> Especially watching having a damn heart attack with a boogie gets in there, you know, and next year, Brian, like, you shut up, brain, and yeah, I'm sorry, man, they were for each other. I, I yeah. well. Actually, I just heard one the other day, right? So I was, I'm, I'm going back yeah. through the '98s of WCW, and I was, uh, in which we'll talk about that coming up in a later segment here on the show. But um, I was watching Thunder, right? It was an episode of Thunder, and it showed um, Eddie Guerrero's mother at the time, right? And uh, well, mm-hmm. not at the time, but his actual mother. It showed. They were doing uh, that that uh, Uncle Eddie and uh, uh, nephew Chavo, where he was bullying his uh, nephew basically, and his mother didn't like it. But the but the thing was was after the promo, right? <laughs> Tony Schiavone goes 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 goes. There you see Eddie Guerrero, uh, his mother, or, or you know distraught or something like that. And <laughs> Bobby the Brain he goes goes. Are you sure that wasn't Carol Channing? <laughs> are, you, are you sure that wasn't Carol Channing? And Tony Shavai just goes, "Go stop it, Bray! Stop it, Bray! Stop!" <laughs> I loved. I I loved. I mean, I loved. I thought one of the only good three man announced team was and and I still believe this people can you know tell me I'm wrong or whatnot but I think a good three uh, that was one of the only good three man commentary was Tony Schiavone, Mike Today and Bobby the Brain Heenan. I I legit thought so. I uh, thought I mean, three no of them were great. To, no offense to, uh, to Mike, no offense to Mike Today and I love love Mike Today. You know, but I really like when uh, Dusty Rhodes and Tony Schiavone and Bobby for uh, pay per view wise, I'm he coming in there with another wine, another wine on the arm there, just pulling back on the head. Look at that. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. Good ball. <laughs> Dusty, Dusty, you know, was hard to understand at times, but uh, no, I like them too. I like them, but I, I, for me personally, I just thought the best one was Tony Schiavone, Mike Tenay, and Bobby the Brain Heenan, just as the three of them. You know, nothing wrong with that. Um, but yeah, um, so we're going to take a quick commercial break though. We will be right back. We're going to take a word from TMB studios, but up next, we're going to go over WCW spring stampede 1998. That's on the other side. Come back with us. This is Stovall wrestling network SWN. Hello, Internet. It's Chris Dickens. And have you ever considered going to a restaurant but wasn't sure about their food quality, their atmosphere, and their ease of access? Well, let me take the stress out of that by offering you the chance to listen to the newest podcast on TMB Studios called The Bite. On The Bite, yours truly goes to these restaurants in and around the nation and lets you know from my own firsthand experience about their food quality, their atmosphere, and their location's ease of access. And then you, the consumer, can make the decision on your own account listening for this podcast if the place is worth your time and your money. All you have to do is just tune in each and every Thursday night 
for brand new episodes of The Bite. It's worth the time, worth the patience, and ultimately, worth your sanity. Check out The Bite each and every Thursday night exclusively on TMB Studios. You are listening to the Stovo Wrestling Network on TMB Studios. Well, all right. We're back here on the Stovall Wrestling Network, and I mentioned on the uh, on the last break that we were going to talk about Spring Stampede 1998 WCW, or as What Culture Wrestling pronounces it, WCW. I fucking hate them for that shit a lot of the times, but um, so I'm 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 in the 98s uh, right now. I I I don't binge watch The Office and I don't binge watch, you know, regular shit like Rick and Morty or Family Guy or South Park. And don't get me wrong, those are some of my all time favorite shows. But I don't binge watch that kind of stuff. I binge watch pro wrestling and I binge watch 1998 pro wrestling. And I came across uh, Spring Stampede 98 and uh, I just had to. review this one because uh i legit thought that this was a pretty good show um survivor i know you have uh um seen this before uh what did you think of this well you know in all in all honesty um it was not my favorite pay-per-view of night i didn't say it was my favorite pay-per-view but i thought that it was better than what people said it was well, I'll put you like this. It was way better than the Great American Bash 98, way better than Bash at the Beach 98, you know, probably better oh, than ballparks. You know, and I mean, I'm, I'm a big world championship wrestling, you know, fan. I followed WCW to the very end during the Nitro Wars. You know, my, my boy Jay was watching Raw. I was watching Nitro. We'll be on the phone telling each other about it, you know, but I was loyal to Nitro to the very, very end until March of 2001 where it closed. And I shed a few tears, man, because that was my childhood growing up. You know, I, yeah. I follow Jim Packer all the way through Ted Turner's WCW. So I, I, I watched this live, and I watched it again this morning before you called. But I did watch this show live. You know, there were some good matches, though. You know, it wasn't, you know, as far as the end went work itself, you know, right. the, the guys were trying. I mean, especially uh, uh, Chris Benoit, Booker T for the TV oh, title. God. I mean, oh, God. If you want to see if you want to see ring work at its finest, watch that matchup. Because you know, and and here's the thing: they would go on to have ten more matches after that, <laughs> right? Like that's this is this is like pre, um, what you call it? Pre, uh, best of seven series where they had the best of seven series for the television title and everything like that, and and those matches are amazing, but they fought on this one. And uh, I loved it. I thought that it was a bit of a weird ending, but as far as like the match itself, though, I, I loved it. It's about Booker T and Benoit, right? Yes. What happened was, um, you know, when referee gets knocked out, you know, when Booker T hits him with a, with a boot to the face and everything, Benoit right. was there to put Booker T in the crossface. Now, here's the big controversial part. Okay, you know, the referee is down. 
You see Booker T trying to reach for the rope. You see his hand hit the mount one time. He might have hit it one more than reach for the rope, okay? That is not a tap out. Yeah, you're hearing the commentary of Shivani and the Bobby DeBray. Hey, he just tapped out. He just tapped out. And Ben Wallace, frankly, he tapped out. He lets go of the freaking hole trying to get the damn referee's attention. The Booker gets by go, kicks Ben Wallace in the freaking face. And you get a one, two, three count. The Booker T retains his TV title. Guys, a tap out is three taps on the map. You can hit the map one time, okay? You can hit it one more time, okay? Then, boom, he's trying to use maneuver and try to reach that freaking rope. A tap out is hitting the mat three times simultaneously. That's tapping out. Slapping the hand on the mat one time is not a tap out. So, in my opinion, there was no controversy. Booker T was not tapping out, you know? They did kick Benoit in the face. I mean, it was just and a tough And Benoit did Benoit. pull the referee in to get knocked out. Yes, he did. You know, so he let pulled go a bit of a heel move the there. Yeah, yeah. Trying to get the referee and Benoit. But it was still a great match, yo. This is during a time period where, okay, Chris Benoit had a hellacious feud with Kevin Sullivan in the 96 and 97. When he was finally done with that, you know, people were saying, like, Benoit, go for a title. Probably one of the best wrestlers as long as he's been in WCW that never had a crack at the TV or United States title. So then, so he finally had an opportunity to get Domino's page with the U.S. strap, two consecutive pay-per-views, didn't quite get it. Then they put him in Booker T for the TV title. Big opportunity. I thought Benoit was going to take it that night, but no, it came up short, man. And Booker T right. was in great shape. And Booker T was, this was during the era where Booker T really started to rise as a singles competitor. I mean, he was already a multi-time world tag team champion with Harlem Heat. Now he's on a singles competitor. You know, and he was a great TV champion during this time. Maybe the best television champion, you know, right. during this time of WCW. So well, and, 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 and before that, though, we had um, uh, Goldberg versus Perry Saturn. And this was where, like, you know, Goldberg was on that rise. And he was getting huge reactions, like, Pretty much the biggest next to, like, you know, the Wolfpack and Sting and all them, you know. And the Wolfpack hadn't even been done yet uh, in this pay-per-view. Um, but, yeah, Goldberg comes out. And I will say this, dude. Um, I loved the entrance set for this pay-per-view. Did you not? Like, like the actual oh, barn and saloon-looking yes. thing? Yes, yes. I yes. love that shit. I miss that shit when, like, we came up with interesting, creative, you know, sets and everything like that back in the day for each pay-per-view. And don't use the same fucking Titantron every single time other than WrestleMania. <laughs> and even WrestleMania for the past few years has just been a giant screen. Like, wow, that's creative. <laughs> I know, right? For us in 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 um for us in fucking um uh what was it the Georgia Dome, right? I was there for the Georgia Dome, and they had that set for WrestleMania, and I sat there going, "What the fuck is this? It's it's a light, it's one light over it, and then it's this giant backdrop that makes no fucking sense. Like it just." Uh, it was I, I I thought I thought it was terrible looking, but that's just me. But yeah, like I loved the entrance set for this. So when they were coming out to this thing, 
And then I thought, oh, and we've got a hardcore match and a no disqualification matchup. So, <laughs> so this is going to be great. And it would get great because we talked about Goldberg, you know, Goldberg being on the rise at this moment, dude. Like, this was when you could have tossed a broom out there for him to wrestle, and it didn't matter. The fans wanted to see him. Well, dude, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I was not. Maybe the next thing on Nitro I did, but even during the time of Spring Stampede, I keep hearing all this hype about Bill Goldberg. I was not a Bill Goldberg fan um, when he first started. When I first saw him, he looked like a Steve Austin on steroids, honestly. The only thing about that was unique about Goldberg, he didn't talk. He put a microphone in his face, he looked at you and walked away. You know, So during this rise, I'm seeing Goldberg, whoa, Goldberg is undefeated, Goldberg is beating this guy. I'm like, he hasn't fought anybody legit yet. I put so much freaking hype. Put this guy in the ring with Ming. And of course, Goldberg, he did eventually beat Ming on Devastated Saturday night. You know, when we take on Saturn here, something different happened in this matchup with Saturn. I don't know if you remember or not, but Goldberg did connect the spear on Saturn. Okay. And as he's getting ready to get up, he was trying to get Saturn up for the jackhammer. Saturn did what only one or two other wrestlers been able to do. Lock it. Even after receiving the spear. He actually blocked the jackhammer in that match. And then, of course, David and Flack tried to, you know, interfere a little bit. But then Saturn did hit a good offense maneuver on Goldberg and got Goldberg in the ring of Saturn. Here's the part where I got impressed with Bill Goldberg. Matter of fact, actually, this match, when he got, um, when Goldberg, not only did he power lift it out of that ring of Saturns, at some point in the matchup, Goldberg got on the second rope. And Saturn was trying to get up there and do some type of maneuver. But Goldberg, all of a sudden, on the second rope, I mind you, was able to grill press Pattern Saturn up over his head and slam him from the second rope. That is, mm-hmm. that is fun in wrestling because it's, it's, it's such a hard maneuver to do, and you need a lot of strength and power. That was impressive to me. You well, know? that, too, and, and, and I love it. Then hit the jackhammer and got the one, two, three. You know, that match was impressive. Well, and I was going to say the way that he did the jackhammer, like he literally powered him over like and he powered out of it, held him up, literally pure power, pure power is what it took to be Paris Saturn that night. You know, it did it convincingly, man. I mean, well, I, you know, I would like to point out though that you know everyone keeps saying that Goldberg is a knockoff of Stone Cold Steve Austin and I'm sitting there going I mean just because they look somewhat similar doesn't mean that he was a knockoff like they're not when I first saw him you see a guy bald-headed guy go teeth and black ties black boot what looks like Steve Austin right there what's WCW doing now granted they wrestle nothing alike completely total opposite Stone Cold was probably getting more over him running his mouth than probably in-ring performance. Maybe a little bit here, okay? Goldberg was all pure in the ring. So, yeah, your first thought is, okay, it's Steve Austin ripoff. Well, as you're watching this guy wrestle, he ain't cutting promos. He's kicking ass in the ring in less than two minutes. There is a big yeah. difference. And then he became his own gimmick, his own character, his own look. Yeah, there was no comparison between Steve Austin and Goldberg. But I'm kind of like, you. yeah, you, you, there are similarities, but, I mean, in reality here, Goldberg was uh, 270, pure muscle. Steve Austin, his best shape was 255. I mean, physique-wise, yeah. there was no comparison. You know, no disrespect to Steve right. Austin. Steve Austin's a hell of a wrestler. 
you know, he was a man's man, but, you know, Bill Goldberg wins in the league all to himself. You know, right. granted, if Steve Austin would took on Bill Goldberg, who knows what would have happened. Well, all, I could, all I can say is he destroyed Steve Austin's rival, The Rock, the first time they met. So to me, that says something. Well, this is this is true, you know, and uh, I was a Goldberg fan as a kid. I saw him uh, in Augusta, Georgia and everything like that. Um, like I actually like met him, like went to go get his autograph at one of these signings that he was doing um, for Augusta that day. And um, yeah, so I was a big I was a big Goldberg fan. Um, so but this was when he was on the rise and everything like that. And uh, they keep hyping the fact of. You know, the next night, uh, the winner of the U.S. belt, either Raven or DDP, is going to have to face Goldberg on Monday night uh, for Nitro. And then, um, uh, what you call it, uh, well, Raven and DDP then uh, have an awesome matchup. Um, Raven and DDP have a Raven's Rules match, obviously, which is no rules. <laughs> And, um, yeah, dude, these guys went everywhere. And they even, like, tore up part of the set and shit like that up at the entrance, which is why I was just like, I love this entrance because there's going to be someone that's going to do something off of this. And DDP goes up to, like, the little, like, gimmick um, carriage that they used to have uh, back in the old cowboy days. I guess carriage or whatnot. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. And he he went up to the top of it and he jumped off on the Raven and I was like, "Oh my god, this is awesome. I loved it, dude. Like this was one of my favorite matches of the night, definitely." It was definitely a, definitely a fast pace and I, you know, even at the end all the flock was interfering and Page was banging them all bang 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 and finally Raven it finally hit that even flow on Page and got the 1 2 3. Well, I mean, he, he hit so- that he hit that even flow because of a one a Horace Boulder Hogan. Um, right. <laughs> for um, Horace Boulder, though, and he was dressed as a right. WCW cameraman. I thought I that know. was kind of, I thought that was kind of a little stupid, but it didn't take away from the matchup. In my it just in my opinion, like the matchup itself was awesome and. Uh, I encourage everyone to go check out. I sound like Conrad Thompson now. I encourage everyone to go and watch this on the WWE Network. Yeah. Anyways, but then we had an interesting matchup. It was called a bat match, and it is with the the Giant and Rowdy Rowdy Piper representing Team WCW, and then uh, representing uh, Team NWO. Uh, Kevin Nash and Hulk Hogan, who are at odds with each other uh, going into this matchup. So an interesting storyline we've got going on here, going into this. And then it's a bat match where the bat is hanging on a poles. No, Vince Russo is not booking at this point. <laughs> he is on no, the competition. No, 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 he was not. You can't blame me, bro, but not one, bro. No, it wasn't. It wasn't bro because it was he was not involved in this picture. So, um, yeah, it, it's a bat match. 
And, um, I mean, I guess for what it was, it was okay, except when Hogan see, won bro, the match. between me and I was bookshop, bro. During this time, bro, I was booking and writing storylines of Undertaker AK in the Inferno match with fire. And how does Bishop come up with a bat match? Come on, seriously, bro. I'm way better than Bishop, bro. Oh, are you trying to steal my Vince Russo impersonation? <laughs> No. <laughs> no. No, no. I, I no, but but for real, like uh I, I don't know. It, it was it was okay for what it was. I thought the match itself was so so, but I thought that the storyline going into it was interesting. I really did, where it's like this is where they're doing this. Like, I was watching this on Nitro how it all falls out between you know, Hogan and Savage, then Nash getting involved. Because you know, they had some deception a year ago at the same time. Then we are a year later. Because you got to think, okay, some of this part, I think it's kind of true, what was going on between Hogan and Nash. You got you to you define what you think is the shoot and what you think is might be scripted, okay? During the same time period, X-Pac was released from Bischoff. Then he comes to WWE on the night after WrestleMania. He's now a newest member of DX. He rips apart Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff. Now on Nitro, you're seeing Nash and getting Hogan's face, wanting to know why Six doesn't have a job, and Hogan saying Six can't run with the big dogs, you know. And, and I love Six. the whole Nash put on Hogan. You ain't got to worry about nobody scratching you in the back. I'll shoot you between the eyes, you know. Yeah, I like that. That 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 was great. And you know, X Pac, as he would be uh, called in WWE, we know. Uh, you know, called Hogan out on that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and called Eric Bischoff out on, uh, on that. So yeah. Um, Kevin Nash wasn't happy that six was let go and, and he's made no secrets about that. You know, they broke up the yep. wolf pack basically before the wolf pack was, um, a thing. But then again, on, at, at the same time, they were they you started seeing them use uh Scott Hall's uh I guess personal problems on screen. Not we haven't seen it to full extent yet. I'm getting to those, but, but uh it was, it was starting to rise up just a little bit. You know what I mean? It was getting as a full fledged been revealed yet. We knew something was definitely going on and then exactly. with the tray out. So it, it was an interesting storyline of the NWO conda breaking up, splitting in two factions and everything. And and you know, not jumping the gun here, but reality, man, this is when um I always went where Sting went, honestly. You know, when when Sting actually ended up putting on their red and black and W Wolfpack, I became a Wolfpack. I bought a bunch of Wolfpack shirts. Even to this day I still got my NWO Wolfpack. Oh, well and, and you know, I agree with that. Um because I was a bit, I, I mean, I liked Sting as as the red and black because I thought it was a cool look and everything. But in this show, however, he is not in the red and black yet. He is in this no, show, though, however, and he comes in as the world heavyweight champion. This was when he captured the belt finally from Hogan at Super Brawl. Oh. And, he's, he's, and he's facing Randy Savage in a no disqualification <laughs> matchup. And, uh, I, I mean, first of all, I love anything that Sting does. Um, I didn't, I, I mean, I thought this matchup was awesome. 
I just, I, I don't know. I, I, I thought it was a good main event, which is something that you kind of rarely saw from WCW. This was during a time where WCW was starting to decline a little bit here. It was a rapid decline as of, yeah, but you can no, still see. No, not rapid start- decline. But, but, but like, but in this matchup right here, this is the part, this, this is the part that upsets me, you know. Granted, Sting can never do no wrong in my eyes. This goes back to, you know, all the hype that did Star K97, all that crap over the Hulk Hogan try to pull around backstage where he didn't have a tanner, brother. I can't talk the belts on, brother. Not tell Eric Bischoff to do a damn normal count. Christmas freaking controversy. Oh my God. I mean, it's, that, that part was still in the pit of my stomach. Now I see the rematch at Super Brawl and Sting finally got the one, two, three, Penn Hogan and sprayed WCW in his back. And I was happy to see that. Then you see the match with Scott Hall and Uncensored. But it seemed like, you know, the picture is still on Hulk Hogan. Now they're going to book Hogan and Savage inside the cage. And I'm like, well, why now? You know, after all the other hype I could have did in 95, why now? You take it all the hype away from Sting in this world title match with Scott Hall. It was almost like Scott Hall wouldn't even really push as a serious contender to take on Sting, if well, you would. because you know, that tan, brother. Was, he just didn't have the tan for him. Yeah, I know, man. You didn't have to do that. You can't have the tan, Sting. They still need more top to get the rating, brother. I just don't see I, – I mean, I don't really get, like, how – he didn't, you, you know, they, they say he wasn't fully committed, but I don't, I just call bullshit on that. I, I really do. I Hollywood Hogan do-rags and Hollywood Hogan t-shirts. No, they were Sting t-shirts and Sting face mask paints. You know, Sting was yeah. still getting, you know, Sting was still doing his thing. When, 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 hey, when the bell rang, Sting delivered, dude. That's I mean, what I said. That's what I said. You know, when he's going to match with Savage, you know, I, I'm not as a fan. Yeah, I want to see Sting take on the Macho Man. Okay, I knew they were going to turn the house down a lot better than when we started in '97. The Macho Man is a different athlete, different animal. Oh, intensity if you with your brother. You know, when the Macho Man takes on the Stinger, ooh, yeah, I'm going to deliver. Yeah, and, dude, it was a great fight. It was a great match. No disqualification. You know, it may not be as, as fast-paced as Dominus Page and Raven was, but it was just as good. It was just as good as Deadly. You know, don't think I got so upset at the end as when Kevin Nash came out there after Stinger hit the Scorpion Death Drive, going for the cover. Nash comes up, hits Sting. Jack Knight power bombs him, you know, and then puts Savage over. I mean, oh, dude, I'm upset, man. I'm literally throwing things at my freaking TV. I, mean, I don't think I was, what, 18 years old when this was going on. I'm literally grabbing things and throwing them. I was pissed. I mean, I was I was yelling and screaming out about the freaking house when Savage right. ended up beating, you know. Because right. almost like, then you see Hollywood scum Hogan come out the ring acting like a paranoid little twit. He's got my bell. What's going on? That's my bell. It wasn't your bell, motherfucker. It was Steve's. Sorry, that character. That's what. That's why I said that <laughs> night. <Nope. laughs> oh, oh, no, that's great. That's my bell. That's my bell. Oh, I was just like, you piece of shit, Hogan. Boom. I was like, yeah. And if but you know me, it was crap, Nash that cost him the bell. Look at the whole off, you know. Jeez, amazing what will happen. You change the color on a man. I don't know. But yeah, I was so upset for Sting, man. I was like, well, what's going to happen to Sting now? You know, completely taking out of the world title picture. Because you got to think, in 1980, he didn't get a title shot until one freaking year later. 
You know, bullshit. Well, that's not true because September '98, as Wolfpack's thing, they got a one-on-one match with Bill Goldberg, which I'm pretty I sure one day. I was about to say, I was about to say that one. He did get that one, which I, which I was just like, man, y'all talk about Hogan and Goldberg being on Nitro. Why, why the fuck was Goldberg and Sting not a fucking pay-per-view? Yeah, I know. Well, Eric Bischoff would stay on 83 Leaf and Conrad Thompson. Well, it was a different time back then, Conrad. You got to understand, we were competing in a ratings war. Look, motherfucker, y'all would have drew money if you pushed thing in the right way with Goldberg. I mean, on Fall Brawl 98, now, so Goldberg didn't even fit that script. Well, you have a show up on Nitro, but Goldberg, no, I need a night off, dear. Eric, need a night off. Keep me on pay-per-view. You know, let's give it Let's give it to the fans for free instead of paying money to sell. You know? I mean... The irony of that was it was a go-home addition to a pay-per-view. <laughs> oh, so, and it turned yeah. out to be better than the pay-per-view itself because that pay-per-view yeah, it was. was an atrocity. I know. God, that was an atrocity. That, yeah, I think that ball must have been the worst pay-per-view here. You know, I know it affected money-wise. It didn't draw, it didn't draw very well. Right. Oh, no, it didn't. Well, yeah, no, no. Uh-uh. <laughs> hang on. Hang on. Hang on, because Bash at the Beach, uh, 98, uh, that was one of the highest-selling pay-per-views in WCW history. Of course, because they had uh, Dennis Rodman, and you had Carl the Mailman Malone in a possible matchup. These guys are rivals in the right. NBA. I mean, yeah, that was going to draw a little bit of money. Hogan and Dennis Rodman versus Dominos Page and Carl the Mailman Malone. Yeah, I was hyped for that. It was it was fun to watch, you know. Right. Well, that and Goldberg just wins the world title on on Nitro. So now everyone wants to see, ooh, what's he going to do with the pay-per-view? You know, like what's going to yeah. happen and everything like that. So there were a lot of reasons. But we're talking about Spring Stampede 98. And overall, I mean, dude, I thought it was one of the better shows for 1998 for WCW as far as pay-per-view wise. Oh, you know, I God. thought, and, you know, and, and, and that didn't mean overshadow Roddy Piper and the Giant versus Hogan and Nash. It wasn't a bad match. I know Meltzer gave it a dud rating, but, you know, I got to disagree with Meltzer on that. You know, Piper for what it was, you know, brought the freaking fight. It was very entertaining watching the Giant whip Hogan with the freaking belt, you know. But, I did expect a little bit more out of it, though, but I wasn't really surprised when Hogan and Nash win because, you know, Hogan already lost two pay-per-views on the road. He had to win brother, you know. Well, again, I thought the matches, though, that everyone, if you uh, if you want to go and watch this pay-per-view, you should, uh, you know. But I, I thought that the matches, though, that, that, that were really the standout matches were Benoit and Booker T, uh, Raven and DDP, and then um, – I thought Sting and Macho Man brought it. I thought Sting and Macho Man was great. <laughs> the only thing that took away from it was the shitty ending that happened at the end. Okay. You know? Fans were freaking porn crap all in the ring. Let everybody know about it, you know? Oh, yeah, which was, you know, not uncommon in WCW. They would always have good matches, but they would be plagued by shitty endings. I mean, just endings that didn't make sense, so... And Bischoff But that is Spring Stampede 1998 in a nutshell, though, uh, for all of you uh, and everything like that. But 
please check it out on the WWE Network. Uh, go and check it out. Let me know what you think about it. Leave comments and everything uh, like that. And plus, it's just a pretty good pay-per-view uh, overall and uh, stuff like that. Me and Chris Dickens will probably be, be back next week to do a, uh, a brand new um, event and everything like that. And we'll probably just announce it here on the show. But. We'll be right back here on the Stovall Wrestling Network. But first, TMB Studios, a word from TMB Studios, I should say. It's the Stovall Wrestling Network, SWN. What's up, everybody? It is Blake Collins here with Chatter City. We are dropping the 411 on everything sports. It's baseball, football, basketball, anything and everything about sports, even the unique sports as well. Not only that, but we are also going to have spinoff shows related to the unique people within the CSRA area. Talking about music, talking about movies, different things like that. So you do not ever want to miss out on an episode of Chatter City because I guarantee you, you will not only learn something, but you will also have a heyday and a half as well. This is Blake Collins signing off with Chatter City. Have a blessed rest of your day. Check out all the other great podcasts as well as past episodes of this podcast right here exclusively on TMP Studios. All right, we're back here on the Stovall Wrestling Network. And, of course, my special guest for this evening was the survivor of pain, Bill Blanchard, who is relaunching the shootout back on TMB studios and we are very excited for that because uh if you've ever heard uh the shootout in the past he's had some great interviews uh not just with not just because he's had me on but because he's also had uh, a lot of uh, people in the industry such as chris wiggins brandon parker so many people that have uh uh been in the wrestling business here in the local scene and everything like that and uh you know, I, 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 but I did want to ask you though, uh, real quick, Bill, uh, what made you want to uh, relaunch the shootout back here on TMB Studios? Well, Caleb, honestly, man, there are a number of reasons. You know, when I originally got inspired to do the shootout in the first place, it was because of Chris Wiggins kept pushing it. But like when I heard podcasts from um, when Bruce Pritchard first started with Conrad with something to wrestle with, and then of course I do remember listening to the Steve Austin show and Rick Flair Blue Nation. I really got became a big fan of podcasts, and then it hit me. You know, there are so many great wrestlers here in the CSRA with all the promotions that's happened in the area over the last 20 years. Like, you know, we got some great stories too. And it was my, you know, I was inspired by it, so I, I kind of want to do the same thing and, and tell the great wrestling stories that because you know guys like you mentioned, like Chris Wiggins and Brandon Parker, you know, even Chris Dickens, even yourself, Caleb Stovall has all done something special in wrestling here in the CSRA. And I wanted to showcase it again. Now, the reason why, you know, I, I went to Death Lot Productions because, you know, Christopher, we had a small falling out. He he got burnt out, didn't want to produce no more shows, and he had some personal things going on in his life. And so we kind of shook hands and departed. You know, I started doing them with Death Lot Productions. But whatever reason, you know, we've had a hard time trying to get shows up. Whatever reason, um, I, I keep getting told that 
well, you don't want to talk about this because it might cause a rift in the locker room. Or you don't want to pull that trigger because you could cause bad relations with other certain promotions, you know. And I kept getting tired of putting a muzzle in my damn mouth. You know, when, when wrestling shootout was got famous, because you know what? We didn't hold back. We didn't hold back on the shootout. I'll ask any questions I felt like asking. And if you didn't, if you try to run from it, I'm going to call you out on it. And if you didn't want to talk about it, you know, fine. I'm still going to, if you don't want to mention the wife's name, hey, that's fine. But I want to admit she's out famous because everybody had a story to tell. Everybody had a problem with the promoter, or they liked the promoter, or they didn't like the promoter, or who, who I worked with, or who I did work with, or this story like was sucked. I'm going to freaking talk about it, or I didn't appreciate how I was being used. Hey, the person wanted to talk about it, you know. Everybody has something to say. And if you heard a guy on my show say something disrespectful about you, of course, pick that phone up and call me, and he wanted to get on the show. You know, the show was getting over. I mean, it was, I called the shootout Caleb Wrestling Therapy. You know, it was a way to get the shit off your damn chest and say how you wanted to say about it without worrying about repercussions. You know, and when I started doing my Death Lot Productions, man, it was causing some friction with some people because they were getting offended. They were getting upset, you know. Right. So I was, you know, I only did maybe one or two shows this year. And God, man, I'm, I'm, I've been kind of upset about it, you know. So I'm yes. debating on if I want to just close it all up, but then I, then I start seeing advertising for the Stovall Wrestling Network. And it brought my curiosity, man. Here is a guy who loves the business, loves professional wrestling, and respects wrestling, you know. And he's got so much energy. He's got so much inspiration in, in, in himself. And it, it got me thinking, man, God, I miss how the shootout used to be and how it used to be presented. You know, so me and Chris, man, came over to my house. We sat down, had a long talk about it, had a long talk about it with the people uh, who run Deathlock Productions. And we worked out a deal. Where the shootout can be aired on TMB Studios and it'll still be aired on Deathlock, you know, and, and we're Christmas up, man. We're going to relaunch the shootout, man. I got a commercial coming out very, very soon. If you haven't already heard it, man. I mean, yeah, I did hear it and it was, it was really awesome, actually. It was a really good <laughs> promo. So, well, I can't wait, man. My first guest on the shootout will be Chris Dickens. I'm going to start from there. I plan on getting T Money on the show. I plan on getting Well, Daniel your ratings might show. go down, Stay, man. Yeah. <laughs> you what? Do I? I said, I said, I said, well, him as your first guest, then, man, you, you said AEW needs to make a big impact. You, you might not make a big impact with that. <laughs> Well, I'm going to put you like this. Chris Dickens has got a lot to say on how he thinks about UCW, on how he thinks about Bible Pro, and how he thinks about IWE, and all those promoters that are booking their products. So I think, you know, well, Chris that's might very Chris true. a few little bombs on there because Christopher told me, uncensored, non-sanctioned, he ain't holding nothing back. And if you, if you want piss in your cornflakes, oh, freaking well. Because he says he's not going to hold back when he thinks about UCW. Or Bauer Pro or IWE, so it should be good. It should be good to hear. And I promise you this: my next guest after that will be Timothy Blackman, Team Money. And I'm kind of curious how many ribs he's going to hit Chris Dickens with. Because you know he, he, he's supposed <laughs> to be on the show. <laughs> we have a little pool. Probably on. a lot. I got a thousand. I'm betting at least a, at least a thousand times Chris is going to get ribbed. Well, maybe two thousand. Who knows? <laughs> But man, I'm excited about it. You know, I got a lot oh, to talk yeah. about. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And, and, no and longer, you know me, I'm no I'm, longer part of the United States shirt wrestling. You know, I'm no longer part right. of that. I'm, I'm going to explain why all the all the, all the bullshit that was happening backstage. You know, and hey, I got no allegiance to United Championship wrestling. I'm going to say how I feel about it. And the ones that are involved in Deathlock, they keep telling me, "Don't pull that trigger." 
Sorry, dude. I'm pulling it. Well, I mean, yeah, and I mean, and, and good for you, you know. Um, the the thing, and, and I was just joking about, um, you know, Chris Dickens and everything like that, of course. Uh, but yeah, dude, uh, I enjoyed the shootout. I enjoyed the uh, interviews that that we did and everything like that. So um, I'm glad to see it come back. And uh, I can't wait what you have to say about UCW and, and, and everything like that. And I can't wait to hear what Chris has to say. And I can't wait to hear, you know, what everyone else has to say of, of, of all the guests that are going to be on the shootout and everything like that. But that is going to be launching here on TMB Studios uh, very soon in the near future. Um, it'll also be on Deflock Productions, but it'll also probably be on Spotify, Google Play, and iTunes. So that's going to be amazing. You could get the shootout and everything like that. But as far as this, man, I uh, just wanted to say thank you so much, uh, Survivor of Pain, uh, for being on the Stovall Wrestling Network here and talking some pro wrestling with me. Dude, man, I've had a blast, man. I appreciate you having me. You know, I'm, I'm, it's sorry it took Christopher to have a little issue at home for this to happen, but man, yeah. I'm, I'm almost, I almost want to say I'm, I'm somewhat glad he did, not in a spiritual sense, but dude, I'm just glad we're ever connect again, man. I love you, I love you, man. Hey, man, here's a good idea. You know, I know it's kind of right time to tell Shivani loves freaking watching uh, old pay per views on the damn network, man. We should do the same thing one day and call it. Turn by tune on the network and let's let man, you have some fun. I'm watching that some would, of this stuff. That would be great. Yes. That would be amazing. It'd be the greatest podcast <laughs> of all time. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it would be. But that is it, though, for this episode of the Stovall Wrestling Network. Thank you so much for joining myself and Bill Blanchard, the survivor of pain. And remember to check out the shootout on TMB Studios and Deflock Productions, and of course it will be up on Google Play Radio, iTunes, and Spotify. And of course you can also get us, the Stovall Wrestling Network, on Spotify, Google Play, and iTunes. Uh, so very excited about that. And you can also get merchandise at the TMB Studios shop. Find uh, Go to TMB Studios on Facebook uh, for more information uh, and everything like that. But for Survivor of Pain, Bill Blanchard, that is it for the Stovall Wrestling Network. And as my good friend, or a, a guy that I really like, I should say, Ian Riccoboni uh, would say, Happy Wrestling, everybody!